Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host Andy Goldstein. And what a week of podcasts we've got coming your way. I mean, you're probably saying, well, how do you know that? It's only Monday. Good point. I don't. It was a lie. But what I do know is that this podcast is a humdinger. And we start on the Sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers discussing Project Restart after Watford's Tom Cleverley suggested it was safe for players to return to training, including his club captain, Troy Deeney. This is guest Dean Ashton, who wasn't impressed with Cleverley's comments. I just see that as just the run-of-the-mill football player coming out with just ridiculous nonsense to questions that have been asked, you know, in terms of just coming out with the right things he thinks he should say that makes it sound like, you know, it's so important that, you know, um, that there's, you know, that we that we get back to, to, to being in the right frame of mind and we've got to stay up. And I just thought that was, it's just a ridiculous comment from a, from a player, in my opinion, anyway. It should just be about what's right for everybody. If it's not right for Troy, that's fair enough. As far as he's concerned, that's okay. Um, but that, to me, that just came across as, like we see in so many interviews with players, they just come out with the things that they think, so certainly their own supporters, and, and that they should say. Now we can hear from Kate Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, on Sunday's final word with Danny Kelly. And this is Simon, oh, it's pointless reading now, just moaning about something again, probably. The championship now with Rick Parry has got to drive full through with reform. It's got to go and raise financing. It should be at the centre of saying to the Premier League, hang on a second, guys, our League One and League Two are very important and they can't, part of the reasons why they can't come back is because they can't afford testing. You've just given 20 million quid to the NHS, which is a wonderful contribution, but surely you can pony up 7 million quid, which is £100,000 per club, which is what we're being told testing is going to cost for football clubs, so that all parts of the pyramid can retain their integrity. Despite the fact that an element of sporting integrity needs to be retained for those that want to win something or avoid losing something, the bulk of people are coming back merely and purely, simply, to avoid the financial ramifications of not doing it and at the centre of that is because they cannot get support from the players financially to be able to perhaps slow the stampede down to get back and I think it's a great shame and embarrassment to English football that it only really centres on the Premier League uh, and that the Championship and the Football League are, are being cast asunder there's an argument which says perhaps they should be because they're separate entities but they're really not they're all part of the football pyramids now, here's a new show for you. Oh, got a new show. Yep, I just told you we have. Presented by Johnny Owen. 
called Johnny Owen and Friends. It's about Johnny Owen and his, well, you get the idea. It's on Sundays from 9 to 11 in the morning and he's won a BAFTA. Oh, won a BAFTA. Yeah, just told you that as well. Anyway, here's his guest, the legendary Stone Roses guitarist Gary Mountfield, Manny to his friends, reminiscing over some cup finals he's been to with Manchester United, including four Champions League finals, which, of course, the Gallagher brothers have never done. I've been to virtually every cup final they've been in over the years. You know, I've seen, I've been to four Champions League finals. Uh, none of the Gallagher brothers can say that, can they? <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've seen them win the European Super Cup, UEFA Cup, the, the bloody Cup Winners Cup, uh, the, every domestic trophy known to man. The only thing I've ever seen them win is the World Cup Championships. And after that, we'll uh, get on Elon Musk's... Uh, Happy boss to Mars and see what the Mars <laughs> you, you know, So you want to be you want to be the solar sister champion? You think you can squeeze that one in? Do you? <laughs> Manny, you got two you got two boys, the two of the twins. Have you brought them up in the sort of the faith of Manchester United as well? Well, do you know what? Right now we're on the subject. Gene is United, obviously is his dad's boy. Now I don't know what it is where they go to Stockport Grammar School, so it's quite a blue area, Stockport. Yeah, and George. George has turned into a blue man. No. Well, do you know what? I suppose it's when you're that young and you, 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 your head's still a bit soft and your brain's not fully formed. <laughs> yeah. Give him time; he'll come back. Yeah, and they're winning. How does it? I mean, it's it's such. I suppose a strange is, is is the right word for Manchester United for being like you're saying in the front seat for so long. Uh, how does it feel, sort of being a United fan at the moment? How, how do you feel about it all there? Well, do, do you know what? You've got to give Ollie the time to do it. I think the guys upstairs need to sort the next out when it comes to getting deals over the line. And you've got to have faith in him. You've got to really. You can't just keep chopping and changing managers like that because you get no consistency. There's no flow. Um, Ollie knows about the club. He knows it inside out. He's a Roses fan as well, so he gets my vote all day. He's got the song, hasn't he? He's got the waterfall sort of song as well. He's a beautiful human being he invited me and the missus and the kids to character to watch him train and oh, nice. you know, to, be, to be in the inner sanctum like that the kids couldn't believe it they just think it's an everyday thing oh my dad can walk in the United's training complex not true but uh, he's a great fella uh, we've got to stick with him he's giving the kids a chance um, a, a, a few bits of uh, jiggly pokery in the transfer business and I think we'll be alright you know we, we're on the way there Now we can turn our attention to a bit of boxing. And this is the promoter Bob Arum, or Bobby Arum, or Robert Arum. No, no one calls him that, just Bob Arum. Anyway, he was on Fight Night with Gareth A. Davis and Adam the Catman Catchell. The show airs 8pm to 11pm on Saturdays. This is Big Bad Bob on the Fury Wilder trilogy, potentially taking place in China or Australia later this year. Or as President Trump calls them, China. We're looking elsewhere at places where they've had very little coronavirus and where it doesn't, where it's not considered to be a, te- a, a problem. And we're exploring the possibility of uh, uh, Macau, China, and uh, also uh, in, a, in a big venue in Australia, which seems to have the coronavirus under control. And uh, our goal, both from Fury's standpoint and from Wilder's standpoint, is to get that fight on uh, in the fourth quarter 
uh, before the end of the year. Today with boxing, here's the WBA Worldweight Champion, Connor Ben, who was on the Jim White Show on Friday. I thought this podcast was just stuff over the weekend. Eh, sometimes it is when we haven't got enough to fill it. Anyway, with news that former world champions such as Mike Tyson and Evander, the real deal Holyfield, are set to make a comeback, Connor thinks it's a bad idea for older fighters to step out of retirement. And he's glad his dad, Nigel, isn't doing the same. That's Nigel Ben, not Nigel Spink. Although probably no one was thinking of Nigel Spink. I don't even know why Nigel Spink was in my head, but it was. So confirmation that it's Nigel Ben, not Nigel Spink. It's a young man's sport. I don't, you don't even have Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield or James Tony or they, I mean, he started something now. So you don't know if his body, their bodies can do a camp. You know, it's all right looking good on, on 30 second on pads on Instagram and Facebook or, or Twitter. It's a different thing when you're getting punched in the head and you've got to do sparring, numerous rounds of sparring and the sprint work and the, and the weights. Do you know what I mean? You don't have your body can go through that. You've still got the mileage on your body from your whole career. Yeah. Whether you're, whether you're, the gods have re-enlit the war inside you, as Tyson says. Yeah. Well, your body may say otherwise. So, it's a young man's sport. Now we can turn our attention to the Romford Pele on breakfast. And Ray Parler was revealing which player at Arsenal never got shouted at by Arsene Wenger. Which would sound like this. I'm not happy with the way you were playing. It's not a bad impression. I didn't know I had that in my locker. Ray Parler, what is the matter with the colour of your hair? No, it's awful. Robert Perez was a prime example. You couldn't have a really have a go at him, Robert Perez. Yeah. You know, if he wasn't tracking back, because he was so good going forward. Um, but if you had a go at him, you'd go into his shell. He don't want the ball. So yeah. I think yeah. Arsene Wenger knew exactly the characters yeah. that Brilliant. he could he could have a have a go at. Or I remember Pat Rice. We come in halftime one 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 game, and Robert wasn't playing well, and Pat went to have a shout at him, and no, shut up, Pat. And this is Arsene Wenger. Keep going, Robert. Keep getting the ball. Keep getting because mm. you you knew that. If you had a go at him, you might as well take him off because yeah. he wouldn't respond to that. Yeah. Other players would respond to people having a go at him. So you had to know your characters who you could, who you could really have a go at and they're going to respond to it. Now, on Friday afternoon, Hawksby and Jacobs were joined by the former sports minister, Damien Collins, and the Sunderland co-owner, Charlie Methven, who you've probably seen on the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die. The two of them have joined forces to create a blueprint to save the EFL. And here's Charlie explaining why communities within English football should have a share of clubs as they do in Germany. Germany recognises this by having their 50% ownership rule, where 50% of the club is owned by the community, effectively a fans' trust. Um, And then the other 50% is open to be owned by the club owner, um, a private club owner, but the oversight which the golden share of the community holds means that the club owner is constrained as to what he can do or she um, can do in the running of that club. They're not able simply to make unilateral decisions to do X, Y and Z. They have to run it past a fairly heavily constrained and regulated um, board. And that's, I think, the best way to run clubs, certainly, certainly clubs outside the Premier League. I'm going to leave the Premier League to one side at the moment. The Premier League is a viable financial entity and it shouldn't be our business in telling viable financial entities how to run themselves. But the Football League itself is not, Football League clubs are not viable financial entities at the moment, or at least a very significant proportion of them aren't. So this is a way of trying to move the conversation on. I have to say, you know, Damien and I have come up with this paper, but we're, we're jumping on board a moving train because the Football Supporters Association have already been working with government to come up with strikingly similar suggestions. So that, that whole process with government 
was already in train. I think it's well documented that the Prime Minister was extremely concerned by what happened to Berry and that it be known internally that he wanted to see things done to prevent this happening again. So all we're doing here is using the, the moment of coronavirus to say, right, OK, this is the moment to reset. This is the moment when the government can use the leverage it currently has, which is that clubs are going to need money, to then impose a reset on the whole thing for the good of the game as a whole, um, communities, and actually, ultimately, for football club owners. Because I can tell you, having sat in the boardroom, it's not a whole heap of fun running businesses which lose vast sums of money all the time. So there needs to be a reset for all concerned. Back now to Sunday. This is the Barry Glendenning Show. And this is Barry Glendenning and Friends. Uh, the warm-up with Barry Glendenning. Barry Glendenning in charge here alongside uh, competition winner Max. <laughs> uh, and another completely pointless nostalgic game of Ian Colehouse, where the rules are very simple. They make it up as they go along. David Weatherall. John Chadozi. Chris Barrett-Williams. Richard Shaw. John Gidman. Ian Butterworth. Peter Shirtless. Trevor Hebbard. David Swindlehurst. Lars Bohinen. Tommy Gaynor. David Kerslake. Jamie Pollock. Tommy Widrington. Tim Breaker. Timothy Atuba. Ruben Agbula. John Bailey. Peter Hooker. Ian Olney. Ian Bishop. Ian Culverhouse. Yes! Gets in! Now this is the weekend's breakfast and big Tony Cascarino's best ever FA Cup finals with Georgie Bingham. Not Georgie Bingham was in his best ever FA Cup finals. That wouldn't have worked. Because of course it was meant to be Cup final weekend. The weekend just gone. Missed it, did you? No, you didn't. Okay, number five is going to be the 2013 FA Cup final, uh, Man City versus Wigan, Georgie, because... Oh, that was my one. Uh, well, I say that because that was, has been as big a shock. I mean, Wimbledon beating Liverpool was a big one back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel the Wigan performance that day, they didn't win it 1-0 because they got lucky, Georgie. They played really well, Wigan, that day. Um, I, that Man City had David Silva. Uh, Aguero, Aguero uh, Yaya Toure, you know, some really top players, Vincent Company in their team. And Wigan go there, play at Wembley, and I thought they matched Man City in every department. Callum McManaman, I thought, was superb on the day. I thought he was going to have a huge, um, you know, uh, 
time in football, as in going to yeah. be a big star. He was only a young lad. He got the winning goal. Oh, sorry, Ben Watson got the winning goal. He made the, the goal from a corner, uh, Ben Watson. But their performance was brilliant. And do you know when there's a subplot sometimes, Georgie, to FA Cup yeah. finals? Because Mancini had, was champions the year before, come second to Man United in the league that uh, that year, 2013. Fergie's last title win. Two days later, gets a sack. Uh, Wigan get relegated that year as well. And I just remember that performance. I remember watching Wigan and thinking, if you'd have played even half as good as that during the course of the season, you'd have stayed up comfortably. Um, mm. But they won the FA Cup. A lot of Wigan fans will you know, have huge fond memories of that FA Cup uh, final at Wembley. So they're number five for me. Very sensible. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Number four is 1990, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. Because I thought this was a real humdinger of a cup final. End-to-end stuff. United winning comfortably, looking like they were going to cruise to the victory in the final. Ian Wright gets a brace in, in this particular final. The game ends up 3-3, Georgie. And it goes to a replay. Um, the replay was nowhere near as good as the first game. The 3-3-1991 at Wembley. It was a great encounter. The United ended up winning, lifting the trophy. But some real, I mean, Crystal Palace had a very good side at that time. You know, a very dangerous team. You know, the the forward line of Brighton Riot that, you know, were pivotal to Crystal Palace. And I just remember watching that final and really enjoying it. So, number four, the 1990 FA Cup final. And finally, my show, Andy Goldstein's Challenge Europe Express, talking Bundesliga and actual football that really genuinely did happen over the weekend and talking about the return of other real football that could return what have you made Andy of watching the football behind closed doors this is of course the second week so you're sort of getting used to it how much does it spoil it if at all for you um, it's not ideal I think that's that's pretty clear and there's still a lot of fan groups in Germany that are very happy about it unhappy about it I mean you spoke about uh, the Berlin derby and um, on Friday night um, before the, the, the game started the Oskurva the, the, the main um, uh, stand behind the goal uh, at Hertha at the Olympiastadion uh, the fans there um, the main fans group released something saying look this doesn't count as a game for us you know we, we won't be following it because it's not footballers as, as we know it and I can understand where those those fans are coming from we know about the economic imperatives um, in terms of actually working on it and talking over it I think that's different to watching it from from home and I think normally we have very similar experiences all of us who, who love football when we're watching it together but I think in this situation when you're talking over it rather than just watching it and hearing the emptiness is maybe a little bit different so more recently I think I have been more focused on on the actual football itself while the games have been going on and I have to say I think the quality has been really good given the unprecedented unplanned layoff that that the players have had and you know the fact that most of the games have roughly gone to form so far I, I think shows that most of the teams are pretty much where they were before in, in a positive way own goal that's 5-2 the referee played the advantage. I think he was basically saying he would have given a penalty anyway, and it's gone in. Hinteregger's made a right pig's ear of that one. He's knocked it with one foot onto his other foot. Bayern Munich, they beat Frankfurt by five goals to two. Convincing in the end, but did have a bit of a wobble during that game. Yeah, they did. Uh, they were 3-0 up and then got pulled back to 3-2 with um, the inevitable Martin Hinteregger getting a couple of goals from corners. Um, the Eintracht Frankfurt central defender is their top scorer at the moment. Then he managed to bundle in an absolute 
absolutely comical own goal hmm. at, at the other end. So as soon as Frankfurt had got themselves back into it, they gave a couple of goals uh, back to Bayern. I, I do think, and we'll talk about the Classica later, there was a strong sense of once they were 3-0 up, Bayern just wanted to coast through the rest of the game. They were strongly thinking about that. But that's it for another podcasty thing. Good work, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. A reminder, you can download previous episodes via Acast, Spotify, Apple Pods, or future ones from, well, I've just told you, Acast, Spotify. I'll be back tonight. That's Monday night from 10pm with the first Sports Bar of the Week, me and old Moonface from 10pm. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. 